Yes, of course I'm going to be watching. I don't know why, though. It's, a, it's not really even a debate. It's, it's more like a high-wire trapeze act that we're all watching, hoping to see somebody fall. And welcome, everybody, to RLTP's Off-Road, a podcast featuring me, Pete Pomisano. And this week, it's a very special podcast because we're devoting it entirely to the upcoming Road Less Traveled Productions version of John Elston's Bigfoot. Now, usually we don't use this podcast for commercial advertising. You've probably noticed there are no commercials here. We're not trying to make a buck. As a matter of fact, uh, some of us are losing money, but that's another story. But this week, it's all about promoting Bigfoot, and for good reason, because from what I understand, this is going to be monumental. It is going to be something very, very different on the Buffalo theater scene. It's going to be very, very different from other virtual theater that you will partake in during this pandemic time. Uh, it's going to be on the Zoom format, which most of us are very familiar with now, but it's written specifically for the Zoom format. So it's very different, and it's going to be very, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll tell you more about it near the end of the podcast, about how you can get tickets and everything. Very reasonably priced tickets. It's only going to be two nights, October 2nd and 9th, so you really don't want to miss it. But I'll tell you more about that afterwards. First of all, However, we're going to meet with the star of the show, or one of the major characters in the show, Mr. Jake Hayes. What a fun guy this guy is. I mean, I, I had such a blast talking to him, and he is just so full of energy. I just, I wanted to slap him, to be perfectly honest. But he's, he's, he's young, and these guys have all the energy in the world, whereas I have all the energy in this house, which is, you know, not much. And then later on, after Jake's interview, we're going to have a very brief little interview with John Elston, who is the creator, the playwright behind Bigfoot. And it's just interesting to hear about the steps he took and, and the process he went through and why he chose Bigfoot. <laughs> John Elston is a character. Always loved the guy. You will love him too. But Let's start things out with the very talented and very energetic Jake Hayes here on RLTP's Off-Road with me, Pete Pomisano. No, no, it's, hey, listen, it's a pleasure to meet you. Likewise. I, I do have to tell you, <laughs> this is kind of funny because when you were first suggested to me, we should get Jake Hayes. And I said... I said to myself, who the hell is J.K.? <laughs> I mean, let's face it, J.K.'s, it, it sounds like an old dive bar in South Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, when you, you, know, when you move on to your next career, J.K.'s, great name for a dive bar. You heard it here first. Uh, all right, so <laughs> I, I'm actually, okay, so personally, I'm just, I'm going to wait until I think marijuana is legal in New York State. Okay. And just do a Jake Hazy Hayes smoke lounge. Oh, man. I want to I mean, that. like, it just kind of goes together and, like, <laughs> it's, Jake Hayes is a good name for branding. My mom has always thought so. She, no, she really? uses it. Well, because I was sure. I said, I'm thinking of the two initials, J.K. And I, yeah. now, now, who the hell is, so now I'm trying to put together who those two initials could stand for. <laughs> anyway, it's just it's just what happens when you when you get old and dumb. But well, but I had right. seen, now listen, I had seen you in and and loved you, you know, when they finally explained it to me. I said, "Oh, from Superior Donuts, I saw you in Superior Donuts. Thought you did a great job." Well, thank you. And and I had what we had never met. I didn't stick around to have pictures taken. As, right. <laughs> you know, the, the, the old the, the, as Scott has started this tradition of of having pictures taken and um so, so we never really have met. Well, listen, we're, we're supposed to, we're supposed to be here promoting Bigfoot, but honestly, I, I want to get to know you a little bit. Yeah. Of course, I did some extensive research. Oh, solid, solid. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. And <laughs> discover <laughs> extensive research these days means I looked you up on Facebook. Yeah, right, right, right. You because know. if you if you go Google JKs, what you get is your Facebook page. Yeah, or Chris Rock playing uh, a drug addict in a movie from like a long time ago. Oh, because you know, you when you Google yourself. Uh, oh, really? The, the well, arrest, my arrest record didn't come up. 
Yeah, no, no, it did. I wanted to cover that. Over yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> another time. <laughs> yeah, another time. Yeah. But anyway, so so let's talk a little bit about where you came from because, to my mind, uh, you know, you just showed up here all of a sudden. Right. Of course, I also, but we'll get into the other things later. But uh, you, you've been in other shows, other places. Yeah. But you came from Albion. Albion, New York, a town. Represent. What is that? Like Orleans County? It's or, literally or... Orleans County. <laughs> it's the county seat. Up close to to Lake Ontario, there. I mean, yeah, that lake effect is real. Closer than Lake Lake Erie for sure. Right. Right. And so you were you born there? Did is that where you? I mean, well, all right. So no one's. No one my age is born in Albion because, <laughs> well, because our, our hospital was closed. So, like, I see the closest town over Brockport is where, like, the most of us are born, I guess. Or Medina, too. But. Okay. But were your folks from there? Were your folks from there originally? My mom is originally from Holly, New York, and my grandma, my grandparents were actually, um, uh, my grandfather was a pastor from Georgia, and he moved my grandmother to um, Albion, New York, to start a family. And, and and why would somebody take a map and do this and go, Albion? I, I don't. I think they were probably trying to head somewhere else and just like the car broke down and like that's, <laughs> but like that's not to insult Albion. It's just that small, right? It's just that rural. No, I heard that that's how most of the population of Albion arrived there in covered wagons and yeah, things, yeah. things like that <laughs> exactly. years and years ago. So you went to Albion High School. I did. And did you have a focus then? I mean, were you, were you interested in the theater arts then or were you just... So that's crazy. Like when I first started high school, um, not at all. Thought theater was the worst, corniest thing in the world. Like I really did. Yeah, you were a sport. You were into sports? Oh, baseball um, was yeah. my big thing. I really liked basketball and I played football as well. But I mean, let's be real, I just wasn't super elite talented like that my best friend actually was like the sports star of high school and then when i finally got into theater which wasn't at first i, I didn't get into theater till my um sophomore year actually and uh reason being actually it's in between one of the summers from sophomore oh sorry freshman year going into sophomore year i was i was punched in the face Okay. Just wait out, sit on that for a second. It was actually a random assault by a guy. Um, obviously, I'm not going to shout him out today. Um, but yeah, small street scuffle. Wow. Yeah, he caught me really, really good above my right eye. I'm going to lean in so I can show you. He broke that bone right there above my right oh, eye. That, the orbital, uh... orbital bone. And I had to have surgery. And I always did chorus because my mom made me mm -hmm. church boy growing up. And uh, so your sports career suddenly ended because of the broken bone. Right, I couldn't play. I was I was I was resigned to a managerial role, <laughs> to where I took stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and any athlete will tell you that's not the best part of sports no, no, at all. Is, is taking stats, right? So um, part I should have been playing though. You know, <laughs> looking back, I, I think now I actually talking to a couple of friends of mine who were in chorus at the time, and uh, uh, he said uh, a friend of mine, Aaron, to this day, he said, "Man, you probably won't get in the show, but you really want attention from girls, so." This is the next best thing for you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it took some time to really let that sink in, you know. Okay, so I'm not going to the NFL. I'm not going to be a professional baseball player now. But, um, you know, I'm in high school and I still want to get attention from girls. Yeah. So I auditioned for the musical Into the Woods. Oh, um, what a way to start. <laughs> right. I was the steward. Oh, my goodness. A servant is not just a dog to a prince, no, 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 you know no. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, that was my – I also – I did those stats for baseball. And I did my first show. And you got hooked. That attention from the girls came. Yep. It came. Yep. But then there was also like that part where I was just like, wow, okay, expression and, and telling stories is is um, not just something that I thought the weird kids did. Mm -hmm. I mean, do. And it's actually a very, very, um, very, very intense process. And it helps you learn a lot about yourself in it. And, and I was hooked, yeah. hooked, sophomore year high school. Yeah. You know, it's funny yeah. because I directed high school musicals for many years. And it, it, so you know the effect. Well, I do. But it is a place <laughs> where a lot of kids with no place else to go go right you know they're, they're they're not in the chess club they're not in debate club they can't do any sports so it does end up being a lot of outsiders but then there are all these really super talented kids who come out of chorus right. or come out of the music department and it makes such a i mean i still get after i retired from teaching i was getting letters from kids from 30 years before yeah about how the musical changed their lives and i gave them a chance to express themselves all the stuff that you're talking about so i really 
I, I do understand it's crazy. how it can affect you. Yeah. So did you go, so then you went from there to, well, well, th that was sophomore year. Well, okay, so before we skip, right? Sophomore yeah, year, yeah, okay. I, I got to do that in my first show. Um, and the following year, I just remember it because it's my origin story, right? So like my, my junior year, I remember we did <laughs> Little Women, the musical, and I, I was cast as Lori. Ooh. And like, I, right, out of like, you know, prior to that we did Toad and Frog and Rabbit and yeah. classic story, um, but I had played Toad and it was like a play. And then the musicals came around and I got to be Lori. Oh, huge part. To think, to think that my first experience would, get, you know, throw me in the pond. Um, I never got out when I got Lori. Mm. That was insane. That was the first big part of the first time I had to memorize uh, sets of lines. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, what? Are, what? <laughs> there's so much and there's pages, yeah, I know. there's pages. Oh wow. And I'm in high school, right? So like, you know. I still got um, schoolwork to do. <laughs> I have a lot going on. Yeah. I, this is the most busy I'll ever be in my life that I tell yourself, you know, at 15 and 16. But yeah, I, I was doing this and uh, I got Lori and I got to do my big part and I actually got my first like, um, you know, we don't do it for the recognition, but I think in high school I kind of did, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I got what is called a Stars of Tomorrow Award. It's a regional-based award uh, out of the Rochester area where the, all the schools, it's like the Kenny Awards here in Buffalo. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. But it's the Rochester version. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so this is like 07, 08, and I got, um, uh, I got one of the four leading actor awards for Lori. It would, I mean, oh, the rest is like, history. From there, wow, people yeah, actually yeah. like that I do this. That sounds <laughs> cool, right? Not just Gary Zimboli, my yeah, yeah. director, who just retired this year, actually. So then you decided to go to college for that? Or did, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I think, um, I still think to this day it was the right decision for me, ultimately. I did audition at a lot of schools. But your mom is saying to you now, now, Jake, you have to get a job, so you need to get into something practical and something that you will be able to have a career. Am I right? That was the right <laughs> message, but not at all how it came out. <laughs> that might have been more palatable, but honestly, I probably would have just done the opposite if that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. approach I was given. But uh, my mom was just like, no, no, this is a very, very expensive opportunity. And you, one thing she's preached since I was a kid is you will be going to college. Mm -hmm. I understand now you've got this new passion, but you will be going um, and studying something, yeah. right? So I, I did, I auditioned at a few different schools. I had a friend who had went to New York, just had gone to New York. And um, I'm from Albion, and I, I, I was like, you know what, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the greatest city in the world, and I'm gonna, I'm theater now, so start right at the top. <laughs> I'm gonna be on Broadway, like really quick, right? So <laughs> I auditioned at all these schools. Every kid who had a leading role in high school, right. you know, I had, I sat him down at one point, and I said, now listen, kids, Duh. <laughs> yes, you won the Kenny Award, yes, you won. But I want you to know that there are 5,000 high schools in this country, and every one of them has a kid who got a standing ovation, and every one of those kids, yeah. so now there's 10,000 kids going to New York every year. Yeah, so I'm, so I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to beat all of them. <laughs> of course so, you will. Duh, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Duh, because I'm me. It's different, right? But no, I I, I auditioned at Marymount Manhattan, um, uh, Manhattanville, uh, Pace, where I ended up going, NYU. Uh, no, actually, I did not audition at NYU. I did not even get an opportunity there. I did get to audition at Wagner, which is the school that didn't accept me, that made me go, well, maybe it isn't for me. Let me study something that I'm, I'm good at. And I actually ultimately studied communications. Oh, okay, sure. Which which is theater in the business world. Absolutely. No, that's, that's solid. Right, but I didn't know that at the time. I thought it was just, you know, you talk to your guidance counselors and you're like, hey, I, I talk to a lot of people. I like talking. I need to talk to people. <laughs> I like attention a little bit. I've been doing plays. I don't, I'm going to be on Broadway, but for now, like, I want to do something, you know, that's going to be... In the meantime. You know, in the meantime, I'm still Broadway a kid. might, hey, you know, Broadway might take two or three weeks. The phones, you know, I get new phones every once in a while and they probably that's like right. spam, so. But no, I, I, I did. And I went to for communication the pace and it was it was great i did minor in acting i took some acting classes which was great and those mm -hmm. were what kind of kept me unfulfilled did pace do have a theater group or community uh, group that you could you know keep your chops going or, or not so the other thing with me <laughs> in college was my family were not like financially stout right so like i didn't gotcha. i did not have any availability for what at the time would be leisure activities. So you were working? 
I was working and I was an RA sophomore year of college up until my uh, sophomore and junior year I did. And I worked uh, full time as well as go to school uh, my junior and senior years. So I didn't get the opportunity to perform until uh, uh, literally until I auditioned for a show about five weeks after I graduated college. Did not perform at all. Really? You auditioned down there somewhere? I auditioned up here actually. Personal stuff, I came home for family. Yeah. And I, you know, I kind of had put in theater and my passion for it in the background. I went and saw so many musicals during college. I mean, yeah. so many. I have a drawer full of them, um, just of everything I've saw. And oh, still that that fills you up. I mean, your your inspiration becomes even more oh, intense yeah. and your desire. Oh yeah. Brian Darcy James during Shrek has no idea how well he he taught me how he affected you yeah and, and, and inspired me for sure that's that's very cool so so now you do you do graduate you come home for family reasons where do you audition or do you come to buffalo or do you go to rochester or what no i i, I stayed in albion actually against my own desires i decided to you know remount uh, my financials after school and and get prospects um build a resume mm -hmm. if you will so i started working doing just regular work just just work yeah just making some money <laughs> corporate yeah. stuff and um sure just any money i can right you know gotta pay loans back and my mom back and, and all these things right so i actually auditioned for there was a, a community theater out in gasport i hope they are still in gasport i'm sorry but they're the lake plains players okay uh shout out lance anderson boom they did les mis oh my lord and so Les Mis was one of the first things I've, I've, I had loved and fallen in love with. One of my audition songs was Bring Him Home. Oh, my God. Back when I was, many, many years ago when I was a tenor, you know? And uh, <laughs> now things are... Yeah, I was I a tenor like, when I was 10. So Were we all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good tenor. Good tenor. tenor. Those my tenor days. And uh, I, I, got Ma I got Marius. Oh, God. Oh, right. So I have been... I'm not going to ever pretend and, and, and not... I've been very lucky and, and grateful for the opportunities I got. So a lot of them have been very, very top tier. Awesome. Yeah, but you know, you can say that, and I say the same thing very often. And I have been very lucky. But sometimes you just have to say, clearly, somebody saw something in you. I mean, you got Lori in high school. Yeah. You got Marius. I mean, these are. Oh well, just... I'm awesomely talented. <laughs> There, sorry, I'll say it. I'll you know, say I was, it. My bad. I'm awesome. I, that, I no. meant to ask that at the very beginning of the interview. Yeah. How talented are you? And and the oh. word awesomely is the word that Yeah, yeah. yeah. awesomeliness, cool. <laughs> yeah. Any any other weird combination of words you can put together. Okay, well the interview's over because uh, we can't <laughs> That's have two it. we've nailed it. Yeah, we can't have two awesomely talented people yeah. on one interview. I honestly the podcast is over after this. That's that, how good That's it is. right. <laughs> there's, there's no sense in continuing. <laughs> no, <There's, not. laughs> who else could I interview after this that could possibly follow this? But I'm going to ask questions anyway, because if this is my last podcast, I want to make sure I get all my licks in. Absolutely. So now, did, did, were you considering coming to Buffalo? Had you heard about Buffalo? Or were you considering going to Rochester? Were you considering going to, I don't know, Branson, Missouri? What were you thinking about? Right. I, okay, so I was, uh, because my town is literally in between Buffalo and Rochester, it was like, uh, I... I, you know, and I and I've seen work at Jiva Theater out sure. in Rochester, and I and like I said, I won my regional award in Rochester, mm -hmm. so the odd out there is very well um, is a great theater as well, and uh, Kodak, great places, and and those were awesome. But I actually had a friend who wanted to move to Buffalo, my best friend, oh. Wesley Thomas, and he was like, "Hey, man." I'm going to be doing political stuff out in Buffalo and we should live together. I love you, bro. Let's do it. And hard to turn down that invitation. I mean, I, I'm an Albion. <laughs> like I could, <laughs> I mean, things are great here. I could eat a Burger King every day or I could try something new and go to a bigger city. And maybe it's not exactly New York, but it's bigger. Sure. And uh, the community there is big. And, and Were you aware of the Buffalo theater community? I was aware of Shays. Well, that's not, that's not, that's like one. So no. 50 of <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so um, the answer is but, no. Yeah, but I actually, in my time in doing shows at Lake Plains Players, they're very close in proximity to the palace in Lockport. So that's why I saw a lot of your... This is where we tie as well, Peter, because I saw you, I believe, in... Is it Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, yeah. Because... At Lancaster. Because Emily Pruka... I love Emily! And I had done shows for with Lock, at Lockport with them in Pruka. So that's really where Lockport is where I got my dip into what I, you know, 
performance for large audiences and and uh, that bravado and met a lot of you know great people there. Yeah, that's why because again, I'm doing your my Facebook research and I see pictures of Emily mm -hmm. and I see I see all these shows at at, at uh, in Lockport. Yeah. The, the Little Mermaid was it or, yeah. or something? The, the Palace. Oh, Little Mermaid in the Beauty and the Beast. That's what I was thinking. Beauty and the Beast, Guys and Dolls, um, Peter Peter Pan. My first show there was Shrek the Musical, which was. I had I went to see Les Mis that they did there, and I saw that they did Shrek. And like I said, Brian Darcy James in Shrek is is the pinnacle of mentor, performance yeah. in my opinion. It, you know, he's taught me so much. I was like, I want to be in that show. And then I walked in, of course, and they were like, Oh yeah, you are. You are an ass. Like that's a great. <laughs> you're a donkey, man. Like you got this. And so that started that. And uh, I just I did a bunch of shows there. Just I mean, for like two years straight, just. So you were working, just making some money in Buffalo, mm -hmm. and then you went out to Lockport, auditioned, and and so is Lockport. Those were your initial shows, and then you absolutely because I know you've also been with Mary Kay, yeah. you've also been at Subversive, and you've also been at Musical Fair. My God, you're a musical theater dude. I never thought that. I saw you in Superior Donuts, and I thought this kid can act. You know, <laughs> this kid can act, and that's always my first reaction because I, I can see. You know, I'll see somebody in a show that I haven't seen before, right. and my first reaction, my first instinct, is to make a judgment. Right, you should. Right. Not a harsh judgment, so, but quick. So, like you know, okay, this guy's okay, this guy's all right, yeah, this guy's all right, and then you sometimes you see somebody and you go, oh, all right, all right, now this kid's awesomely talented. <laughs> right. I, I think those were the, the exact words that went through my head. Yeah, I was hoping to inspire that out of people. No, I, but like, that's it. I mean, I, I, I my thing has been um, so far that I was like, if they're going to book me, I'm going to keep working. Yes. I, I, my day job is stressful, right? So I have to um, acknowledge that I'm going to burn strong on both ends and if i can take it i'm gonna do it and that's what i've been doing i've been i've been working nonstop because i am honestly addicted to this form of expression it's it's maybe i should have asked this earlier what what, what do you do in your real job i okay you work at a, a nursing and rehab my home? my day job because mm -hmm. my acting is also a real job yeah. <laughs> Um, no, okay. my, my, I, I consider myself spanked. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. um, no, but um, my, my day job, I work for a nursing home. I am a recruiter slash concierge. Okay, so you're using your communication skills. All day. Yeah, All yeah. day. And I mean, I have been, um, I don't want to say lucky, but yeah, I got to, I get to talk to people and and every day, right? So I get to talk to my residents and, and entertain them. I've had to sing at work a few times now because just like someone better say something. So I think that like <laughs> <laughs> we just, you know, I I'm grateful for that and and that's what I do. I just And you feel I, and you feel comfortable there with all the COVID noise I mean, that's happening around you? I don't you? feel no, right? Of but course, yeah, right, but of, of course, course right? Like my my thankfully the company that I work for one legally has to and two is doing graciously um, providing tests for us I, I'm tested more than anyone else that I know right I'm yeah, tested yeah. I was tested yesterday wait what's today uh, Tuesday today was my testing day I got tested today <laughs> wow it's like you you actually forget having that thing shoved up there um, but knows if this is not with video. And we wear gloves and I have masks and I have gloves and masks for home. And Ugh. I'm my temperature's regularly being taken. And I'm 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 amongst healthcare workers who can recognize symptoms in a person. So well, I that's, it's that's safer cool. that's than you great. would really think, right? And mm -hmm. then like I said, we are government government mandated to 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 take these tests. And as no as as, as invasive as it is, it's great to know I'm negative. Yeah, well, it is. It, it, you at least have that peace of mind. Right. As you said, you're probably in, in better hands than you would be, you know, working somewhere else. Right. Right. I mean, if I if I just, you know, to be essential is a scary thing. Is in as a scary occupation yeah. in 2020. But if you are person who has been trying to take in all the direction and, and apply it to my life so being mindful of my social distancing mindful of my masks mindful of my honestly eyewear is another thing oh, yeah. and um yeah so 
I'm constantly aware of those things because of the way and because of where I work. And all of those people are constantly aware of, of how to operate. So it's at least given me a, a better um, feeling that I can, I'm prepared more so to navigate these different times, um, at least in terms of taking care of my own health. I hear you. I hear you. That, yeah, that, and that's incredibly important. Mm -hmm. And they keep casting me places. It's nice. I've tricked a lot of people to think I'm good. It gets it gets in your blood, <laughs> and they, if they keep casting you, Jake, you, you just, you know, what can you do? How do you say no? Smile and say thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's Appreciate absolutely the right. Appreciate for sure. It, and you'll, you'll get to a point where you go, I, you know, I, I hate to say no, and I, I'm afraid if I say no, I won't get another chance, and then you suddenly realize that, you know, there are other chances. If you, you, don't, yeah. you don't have to burn the candle at both ends, but sometimes... Sometimes you just want to because you, yeah, you know, you get two parts. Anyway, this is we're, right. We're, no, I got my this. This is two years. I mean, last year was the first time I had to pick between a heart, mm -hmm. and that's and that's. I mean, that's extremely. Uh, uh, that's extremely a first world theater problem. It that, sure is. It's not, and I and I don't want anyone anyone to feel bad for me. It's not a problem that all the other people in Buffalo have. No, it, and, and they envy you. <laughs> But they also know, no, but they also know that, you know, it's it's for a good reason. I just hope that they, you know, anybody who, who sees that I'm working hard understands the, the work ethic I'm putting into it and appreciates that. And, yeah. right, it's just, it. there are a lot of people working a lot, and I just want to be one of them. I enjoy it so much, so. And if you are working hard, then that's all anybody can ever ask, because right. that's, that's, really, that's the key. You don't, you don't want somebody to say, well, we'd hire Jake, but, you know, uh, <clears throat> never learns his lines yeah. he's kind of slow he doesn't show up you know that kind of stuff that you don't want that what you want yeah. is jake yeah hard worker good guy that's who we want yeah well, good for you yeah i'll take it so eventually i mean I, i'm not trying to cut this short <clears throat> no, no. i, I, I got to get into bigfoot too but right i really need to know how you made your way into all these like with mary kate or subversive or or musical fair did you pursue things or did, did things come to you or what? I have, there are three women in Buffalo who I always try to give credit whenever I think about what is my, who has attributed the most to what I call my success, right? Victoria Perez. <laughs> she's terrific. Top tier. She, she's, she's, she's an angel. Um, she has, she, she saw parts in me that I didn't even see in myself in the beginning. And that's how I ended up working um, originally uh, with Mary Kate and Ed O'Connell and the company. Mm -hmm. Victoria had called me for uh, Act of God. Okay. And we just got, I got the part and it was really good times. And I got to work with Joey and Mr. Matt over there. And um, it was, uh, that's, that's that, right? So, uh, you know, I got to work with Irish Classical recently mm -hmm. and I, I'm very, very grateful for that. Kate LaConte booked me in a part when I was auditioning alongside college kids still. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, over at Art, I got to do things at Art Park and work with professional uh, Broadway writers and actors um, because of her. And lastly, uh, Donna Hoke. Just Donna Hoke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Donna Hoke. Yep. Like she's, she's wonderful. She's the, she, I love her so much. I love all three of them so much. And they all gave me opportunities when I first started, um, as well as Steve Copps gave me an opportunity in Lockport. Well, now you really lost cool. me there. You, there. you lost me. You talk about three beautiful women, okay. But you go to Steve Copps and... What more credit does that man I, deserve I hope ever? I, I hope he's listening. I just... Because <laughs> he knows I, if he I is, always tease him about that kind of stuff, but... If it is Steve, I'm going to beat you in fantasy football this oh, week. That's okay. all that matters. All right, That's all, all right. The gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, these, I mean, and Anthony, like I said, Anthony and, and Kate also, even before they were even a thing, they 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 had attributed to giving me opportunities to audition for things mm -hmm. and and um, just, I mean, everybody has 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 given me opportunities from Kurt Schneider at, at, over at Subversive when they were still operating, obviously for you're in town. Yes, that was mainly Jeffrey Coyle first, but Jeffrey, sure. You make friends and you do shows with people. And you just steal everyone's number. A contact sheet is what else is it for? And and you make friends. And I think that's really. But you get the right reputation. That's the key. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm still a wild mouth person off off of podcasts. Oh yeah. Well, I've heard <laughs> in the extensive research. But I mean, you, you get a certain reputation, and and people do people pass your name around. Wow. You know, we're looking for a guy who can. Uh, well, I got it. Let me go through my. You know, I've had people call me and I'll say, well, let me go through my 
<clears throat> quote unquote Rolodex. Yeah. But 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 I you know I go through my you know my my uh, contacts. Right. And I just try to find. And I say, well, there's this guy, and there's this guy, and this guy. And, and inevitably, somebody will say to you, well, what's he like? And if your first impressions yeah. are really important. And those you you have people like Kate, and and Mary Kate, and those people sticking up for you. Those are powerful friends. Yeah. Good for you. Well, that's really good. And to have Mary Kate stand up, her and I, man, we during our last uh, the nun nonsense that we did, <laughs> we we went to bat at each other. Yeah, yeah. With each other, <laughs> for each other, grinded out some material with each other, and and you know, I I hope if I have Mary Kate's respect, um, I I I really want to make sure I keep that, and and um, she's been great, and she's just has has been. She's been hard on me. Well, you know what? And she, me toughen me up. She's just a wonderful woman. I love her. Absolutely. Everybody loves Mary Kate. She's top tier. Okay, I got I got to move on just a yeah. little. So now I realize that you're now you're, you're like a musical theater dude. Well, all of a sudden you're doing I know. You're doing straight plays. You're yeah. doing uh, uh, once in once in a lifetime or whatever that yeah. you play with the Donna Hope's well, play. Donna Hope. And now did you audition for that or or did Donna recommend you or or how that happen? Both. Now this remember who the director is. Oh, that one was Victoria mm -hmm. Perez. Okay. Now imagine imagine me who I see these two, these are my two, these are two of my three archangels. Like what, <laughs> what? And they want me to work on a show about Buffalo in a community that I'm trying to like get into yep. and, and work with. Um, man, and that was, that was, I, I, I didn't, I didn't have to audition. That part was with, with me in mind, yeah, which is like wild. Hard to wrap your head around that. Like you, you want to believe that someone else <laughs> before, like I imagine Steve Cops was, was, was busy. Oh, yeah. But then after that. <laughs> I know, Steve and I are always going out for the same roles. It's just you know what it's I mean? so annoying. So it's, you know, him and Steve and, and Michelle, you never know which one is going to take yeah, yeah. that good part from you, right? Those two are great. So, <laughs> but no, no, I and I was just super thankful and it was a really fun opportunity to, 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 to learn a lot from those two people in that cast. It was awesome. Was that the first straight play you'd done here? Was it this first straight play? Drama, comedy? I, I would have to say, yeah, yeah. That was my that was my first opportunity to really work on my acting chops. And I just I thank God for Josie DiVincenzo. Yes, I love Josie. Oh man, she was great. And 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 a lot of a lot of people were plugged in. You, you had a lot of pros in that. A Diane. Diane, Diane, oh my gosh. Every I mean, just I mean, we had at one point when we were workshopping that. Ben Michael Moran was in the cast, okay. right? And it's just like, I didn't know, I only knew him from Playbills, <laughs> right? And it was like, whoa, he's so good. And, and Kinsey was, it was, it was great. And that, that, that was, that was a good, John May, who was a good friend. We go back to Lockport days. Oh, is that right? John May played my dad one time. Oh, that's right, John. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, John May played my dad in Adam's Family and it, we still kind of I see the that. resemblance. Honestly? Oh, absolutely, yeah. That, that's the, that, the, that's the gimmick we played off a little bit. Well, you're a little better looking than he is, but that's- Honestly, a little bit? Okay. A lot of it. Right. You know, he might be John. listening. He might be I, listening. If he is, John, you agree and you know it. Don't play. <laughs> no game. So then did, did Scott gets his fingers on you? That, that didn't come out right. Right. Uh, well, Scott, <laughs> well, all right. Scott got to me. Well, I yeah, no, Scott really, Scott has been a really, really great executive director and producer person to work with because he's very um, upfront and very realistic about what he's asking of you mm -hmm. when he does a show and he wants you to audition for him and you don't necessarily always feel like you're just waving in the wind with him like he's he has you there for a purpose 90 percent of the time and it's it's really nice to work with him because he's, he's pointed and it's he's direct. a real straight shooter and, straight and he's shooter a real go-getter and mm -hmm. he spots a lot of he's a good good he's a guy Spots a lot Great of good eye. talent. Yeah, um, he's yeah. always trying to expand. You know, roadless travel. He's always trying to expand the stable of, of actors that he gets. So that brings us to Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Now you're approached about Bigfoot. I'm sure you, you didn't audition for Bigfoot, did you? No, no, I did not. That's now. This is a character. I'm sure you don't even know this, but but you know, back in the day, when I was driving home from theater at you know one o'clock and. Well, theater ended at 10, but I got home around 1, 2 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There used to be a show on, t on the radio called Coast to Coast. Okay. With, with Art Bell. And he, every night he had, for lack of a better word, interesting conversations about UFOs and strange cures for AIDS that no one else knows about. And 
every night I would listen, and these people would call it Art. Art, I saw something last night on the TV, and I'm sure I saw it in my backyard last week. <laughs> so this, this is where I think, and I'm going to be talking to John too, but I think this is where this inspiration comes from. You're the Art Bell character. You are the late night radio host right. who addresses the crazies uh, from you know, the tinfoil hat people. The more tinfoil, the better with Wild <laughs> better. Dog, right? Yes, that's why we listen. Yeah, to I think, in the, I, mean, I think that's why Wild Dog really, that's why he, he exists to, you know, be someone who perpetuates all of this for these people. Like give someone yeah. a, a platform to, to spew whatever, whatever conspiracy or whatever theory that they hold to be true. He wants you to have a platform for it. And as long as it's entertaining. Does Wild Doug is the name? Is there a name for this program? I, I can't remember now. I, I did read uh, it. It's, it's, it's Veritas Frontline. V-R-O is our show. Okay. Um, and it's just uh, giving you power in the midnight hour. <laughs> yep. That's really what it is. Um, <laughs> that's what, that's literally my opening line. I'm getting off book. I, I do. I do think that this part sort of does suit you a little bit, Jake. I have to say. Honestly, it's it's weird because I, they were like, "All right, so it's in your it's in your room, mm -hmm. and it's we're in my room right now, everybody." So we're the magic. That's what they say, I guess. And and I already had a whole setup. I, I have my lights can change. I was going to ask colors. about that. Yep. I have dimmers. We I let them discover this, and then I I don't have any type of internet personality myself. But I envy those who do. Wild Doug's got and, a personality. And Wild Doug is the guy. That's <laughs> why so he's the guy. We're going to talk about big and foots, and it's going to be insane. <laughs> it's going to be good stuff. But I want to ask you a little bit about the, the, the mechanics of this. You're, this is a play that was written to be performed. It's going to be performed live. Right. Over the Zoom, you know, format, correct? Right. And yeah. it was written specifically for this. And I'll be talking to John about you know, the, the, the perils of trying to write for this particular medium. But yeah. in your situation, it, it'll be dark. I imagine your room will be, are they doing anything to make your room look particularly eerie or particularly, so, you know, right. Eric, late night radio-ish? Yeah, Eric, uh, I'm sorry, Eric, I don't know your last name. Eric, our guy who does all the tag, he actually has, he has each room that has been involved in this uh, this setting mic'd up he'll have the mic'd up and we'll have ethernet cables that are connected to our computers to keep hard wiring down wow. um but as far as my backdrop and what you'll see is this is your set but there is a um uh, a banner okay for my company but also even though it is live a lot of the things that are in the show there are some elements that are constructed pre not live pre-recorded right sounds yeah. and pre-recorded mm -hmm. um words and and different little playoffs and spinoffs and things like that so He's he's really teching a lot of that thing from his yes. his home. Well, you're all you're all in your own home. Well, absolutely, yes. I mean that's the key, and and the, which brings up another question now. Now, is this, what kind of problems does does this pose? I mean, I did a little thing for the alleyway recently, but right. it's just me. It was, I wasn't acting off people, and I'm going to be doing something with Diane in the future. But I, you're acting with people, but right. you're acting with people on the screen. Yeah. What, what problems is that posing so far d during the rehearsal process? Well, all of them, right? I, I think, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yesterday, I went to log on and I went on the wrong Zoom link. So I sat for 10 minutes in a, oh, an empty lobby. <laughs> <laughs> right and while they're while my stage manager is texting me like hey i'm called like where are you and i'm like i'm here where are you, you i'm know? here where are you um yeah. we have that i mean we have we're sorting out like sound issues and then like you said light you know i, I i'm a black man and i can't be in dark lights and dark situations and be seen on just a digital computer like that it's, huh, okay that's just a real i mean a reality no, you know, sure that makes just, sense yeah. yeah so i you know we have to make sure it's 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 dark but it's bright Right. As oxymoronic as that sounds. But um, those type of things, yesterday during rehearsal as well, my dog just came in the, door, the room. He just, <laughs> it was time. He heard his cue. Is it, am I on? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, B, we're going to come back to you in just an hour. Oh, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, you know, <laughs> and uh, Usnavi, it, he just came on in and just things like that, right? And my set crew, 
his girlfriend on the hobbled foot right now. So, uh, so that, a lot of things, right? But how about acting with with? I mean, you've got Robin and, and Peter Horn, yeah. both terrific. I mean, love them. It's both. amazing. They're great. They're great, but but you but you have to emote with them. You have to converse right. with them through the screen. Right. I'm just wondering what the difficulties that that promotes. I think just that being able to convey a personal relationship or personal connection uh, via airwaves is something that they already do in on radio and things like that. So you draw a lot of inspiration from that, but. I mean, to talk to someone, and I will never be in the same room as her yeah. for this entirety, for the rehearsals, for the shows. <laughs> I'll never see her via anything more than just MacBook. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's a lot of prep work in the sense that you have to be able to give this without a response right away, yeah. right? So you have to be able to um, have good timing, really be confident in your lines because... There's no, there's no one else here to save you or, or, or redeem a scene. And our connection could go slow at any point. So you really just got to be able to listen. It's like a lot of listening. And we should mention also Lisa Vitrano is in it as well. The terrific Lisa Vitrano. Oh, so I love Lisa. Second time I got to work with Lisa. Well, but here's what's missing. What's missing is that, you know, I, I'm sure you do this. You know, you're at a rehearsal, you're in a rehearsal hall, and you sit down, and you're, well, you're sitting next to Lisa, for example. Yeah. You say, you know, in that one part there, you scene and you talk, and you talk it over, you're, you're missing that. You don't get to do A that. lot. I don't know. I mean, I did read the play, but I don't know if it doesn't offer itself to that kind of thing. But it seems to me what I would, of course, you're missing the camaraderie, but there's, a, right. there's, sort, of, there's sort of an element of that because you see each other every night for a certain number of weeks yeah. while you rehearsal. But the ability to sit down with just one person and take Peter aside yeah. or Robin aside and say, hey, listen, you know what I was thinking about is this one part here when I'm doing this. And does that work for you? Because it's not working for me. And th those kinds of things, you don't get the opportunity to, right. to just have those little one-on-one -on -one conversations that people who aren't in theater don't have any idea occurs but of course it they occurs. have no idea how much yeah. how are super important right and they're so important to have those and i think it's so imperfect that every little situation like that is going to come up right so i guess i, I thankfully john has written this script that it does cater yes. to a lot of those things where i do have to be able to convey a conversation in, in a tone of a conversation via the computer but you're right and there really isn't a, a savior answer to that. There is no... And Peter and Robin, they play a married couple, correct? Yeah. So yeah. At, at least, you know, at least they have, they, you know, they can develop some rapport. They get to sit next to each other. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're the only two people. They, me and Lisa are sitting there just like in our rooms, you know, waiting. By yourselves. Those two, they have a team. They do. So, uh, you know, we, me and Lisa, our request to have Scott come be at each one of our houses just wasn't going to be accommodated. So yeah. we're just going to make it work. But yeah, it helps a lot. But the people in my house are very helpful in terms of this. Like they give me, I get to do run lines with them and I get to do stuff that people would do in the, in the best. But I'm really, really, some of the stuff does just occur that we don't have the opportunities to be right next to Robin. So I got to take the best of it, I guess. And I guess. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, you know, there's not much else going on in theater. Really? I mean, everything, everything is done right now. So. so how lucky are you and me, but how lucky are you to at least have something? Absolutely. And I never, you know, I was going to ask you, what do you have coming up in the future? But it's probably very March, very iffy. Yeah. yeah, maybe, hopefully March, right? So everyone's everyone's just remaining strong and keeping the faith that hopefully some of this, some good behavior will compound to the point where things improve, if that's even a realistic statement, right? So to have this amidst everything, <laughs> I mean, it's, talk about something just good for your mental health, yeah. right? The, I've, I've, I've worked a lot, and the negative to that is I've been able to lose a lot of different productions. I, yeah. I have. I've lost about six or seven different opportunities, but I got something in, in a script in my hand yep. that I can like look at in my pen, in my highlighter, or like their ink is coming out of those. And my, uh, I can tell you, my my mental and just having a process to go through that I miss so much is, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm th well, thank you, John. Yeah, thank you yeah, so really, much. Really. Thank you and, so much. And it's, it's the same way I feel about doing this podcast. It's kept me sane throughout this, this yeah. entire, you know, pandemic. And it, it's, it's just something to keep. I mean, 
Unfortunately, you and I have never worked together. I, I look no. forward to that day. It's, it's I really coming. do. It's coming. Good. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't have met you and I wouldn't have known anything about you. And, and right. I, I'm sure it would have, I'm sure we would have a lot of fun. But th <laughs> this is the kind of thing that it, people have to understand. At least it keeps you mentally active. Right. Let's, let's just quick, quickly shift back to Bigfoot, Bigfoot just for a final. It's only going to be on the 2nd? The 2nd and the 9th. And the 9th. Yeah, yeah. Only two you days. You better catch it, folks. There's something about that that makes this even more special. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you have a show that's running for three weeks, people show up on the last day. Right. But this one, you got to catch it. And, and, and you have to catch it at, what is it, 7.30 yeah. on the 2nd, yeah. right? Or seven thirty on the on, on the, the ninth, ninth. and, and uh, so there's something about that. That may, what can audiences expect from this? Do a final plug for me here, Jake. Okay, so um, if you are um, feeding for art and you are feeding for a story, um, definitely give this a listen. If you are one who's into mystery or comedy, definitely give this one a listen. And if you haven't seen Lisa Petrano in a long time, you haven't seen Robin or Peter Horn, John Elson's work. If you haven't seen Jake Hayes in anything, and you haven't seen us um, this hungry to give a performance, mm -hmm. this is your opportunity to do so. That's cool. Right? There's a lot of mystery in the show. I'm not I'm not going to be the one to give it up. Nope. Um, but there's definitely some... But it's a comedy as well, right? I mean, there's a lot of funny. Parts. It's funny! Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. And, you know, we already are having a lot of fun, fun, funny moments happening in rehearsal because of the script. And, you know, thankfully, John has been very present in the, in the process. Yep. Uh, both Johns, our director as well, sorry, John, um, and John Elston, who have been very involved in the process so we're gonna have refined work the work that we really grind down and, and make something entertaining for you so you know get your get your computers warmed up <laughs> and you will have uh, you will have another taste of the john elston dialogue that he's so famous for in, in here in buffalo everybody yeah. nobody writes dialogue that quite like quite like john elston he's got a he's got a thing and it, 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 it's really showing here it's great well jake it's really been a pleasure talking to you this this podcast is going to be released this coming Monday. Great. Uh, so that'll be what the twenty. I don't know what it is. Twenty eighth, maybe. I think. Got to make sure my mom knows. Yeah. Well, I'll send you a link to it in case you don't already have it. Thanks. And you pass it around to your mom and you know other your friends and all those church groups. Absolutely. Emily Pruka. <laughs> yeah. Give it to Emily. Send it out to I New York. I haven't seen yeah. Emily in so long. Yeah, yeah, send yeah. it out to you people in New York yeah, yeah. to let them know yeah. what they're missing <laughs> by not having Jake. Hayes that's allowed. it that's it <laughs> jake hayes not to be confused with jk's pub in south buffalo or jk lol or, <laughs> or jake from state farm it's oh for god's sake that's, i forgot about jake from my, state my farm. halloween costume is jake your given name yeah yeah i'm, I'm, I'm named after or my grandfather no and i'm it's one of those jake. like it's not jacob <laughs> to call me jacob <laughs> it's inspired shout out to jacob from the bible it's inspired from him okay and all his you know his kids and that coat but um, so after granddad we, named after granddad i am named after my grandfather pastor That's jake patterson cool. of uh late jake patterson yeah jake it was delightful talking to you great yeah. meeting you i can't Likewise. wait to watch this thing the only bad part is i won't be able to go out and have a drink with you afterwards but we will do that sometime in the near future when someone is foolish enough to let us work together on the real stage. <laughs> Absolutely, Peter. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Just to see another actor's face and talk to you. Thank you very much for having me on. All right, Thanks. have a good night, my friend. Hey, same to you. Take care, Peter. Bye-bye now. So what did I tell you? Is that kid fun or what? A lot of energy there with Jake Hayes. It's a name you'll want to remember. And it's a name you're going to remember because you'll be catching him in Bigfoot. Coming up October 2nd and 9th. Can I say it too many times? I don't know. <gasps> Wait a minute. What's it time for? I think it's time for a mystery guest. A message from the bunker. Chilito. KD say, ow. KD say, Leon. Hey everybody, what have we been up to? We're making some eggs. <laughs> right now we're having breakfast and our lives have been a whirlwind of growing up and listening and growing together as a family. 
We've been incredibly busy with milestones. Chelito's about to turn one. one. If you can believe it, it is true what they say. Time does fly. He's great. We are thankful to be in good health. And I am performing a one-man show, usually for an audience of one. <laughs> really miss everybody and can't wait to see you all again soon when we get to the other side of this. Thanks. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Adios. Well, I'm not sure who that was, but I do know one thing. It was just freaking adorable. That's what it was. Just freaking adorable. Oh, gotta love that group. And now it's time for the man behind Bigfoot, behind its creation, Mr. John Elston. What I really want to talk about this time is the fact that you wrote a play specifically for the Zoom medium. Who's writing plays for the Zoom medium? John Elston is. So tell me what your thinking was just about how you determined that you were going to break into this new territory. Well, uh, desperate times call for innovation, right? Uh, desperation is the mother of something or other. But, but I mean, is that was that it? You said, well, we can't have theater. People have done radio plays. This is a cross between the live theater. Mm -hmm. It is live, but it's a cross between theater and Zoom. And it's somewhere in that nebulous twilight zone area between live theater and radio plays because you get to see the people. Yeah. So, all right, well, let me ask you this. What difficulties did it present to you? Oh, boy. Well, ha <laughs> uh, The great thing about being the playwright in this situation is um, uh, I uh, spent a lot of time thinking about uh, how to write it in a way that would make it at least possible and hopefully reasonably manageable for the production team and the director, stage manager, the uh, designers and the actors. And, uh, and then most of the process here, I've really stepped away. <laughs> And um, John Hurley has been terrific. The actors have been terrific. Figuring out uh, my dialogue, which has been laid out in a really, the play is formatted in, in an unusual fashion, which sort of emphasizes the nature of how we communicate on Zoom too often, which is we're talking over each other, whether we intend to or not, just because the technology and the the mediatized nature of the conversation is so awkward. So I, I wrote the play like that, yes. <laughs> thinking this will never work. This will be so hard to learn, so hard to deliver, uh, but let's try it. And uh, uh, they're doing a great job. I've been around the process a little bit, but mostly I've just stepped away and uh, trusted them to get it right. The play is designed to be set up within the Zoom sort of environment or the Skype environment where we have three screens with three people or four people really from three different places having a conversation with one another mm -hmm. then we we do our best to sort of explode that concept and uh and we move away from sort of the lockdown that you and i are enjoying and uh at least in one of the environments we move through their space through their home outside of their home and we see a lot of other stuff and sometimes when we see uh, very specific glimpses of things. And uh, and so I tried to make as clear as possible in the script where I just wanted the audience at home enjoying this live theater event, uh, this virtual live theater event, to just see one specific thing for maybe just a moment. Uh, and I tried to make it clear enough, you know, what an important moment maybe that could be, mm -hmm. and also how uh, brevity <laughs> might be the the soul of, of impact. It would add to, add to the suspense, add to the mystery of it. Just, and everything has to be seen as if it's being seen through a Zoom camera, like, yeah. like you're seeing the painting behind me now. You couldn't suddenly insert a piece of video that had no place in a, in a Zoom landscape. Right, so what's interesting and distinct about this play from 
a live theater experience that you would have in, for instance, the Roadless Travel Theater is there, you sit in the front row, or the middle, back, wherever, and you crane your head all around and you can look at anything in your line of sight at any time. I see. So the one really distinct thing here is even though it's a live performance, we are showing you three very specific perspectives. And those are the perspectives that the director, John Hurley, will allow you I see. Uh, during this live performance. Yeah, you're really focused in. You're like a tunnel vision. Yeah. You have to look only at this. Exactly. I'm tremendously excited about seeing this, having having read it. But even the, the, maybe maybe this is something that's always been in the back of your mind. But the subject, yeah. Bigfoot, has that been like one of those John Elston? It's in one of the. It's in all of the index cards. Oh, here's one. Here's one about flying saucers. <laughs> here's one about. Here's one about private viewing. Sure. Here's one about. So why Bigfoot? Well, you know, uh, you're, you're right. It, it does come from a, a similar place um, as private viewing. Uh, and, uh, you know, many of the plays I've written, and I discovered Bigfoot. I was probably four, five, six years old watching WOR, WUTV, uh, Channel 12, Channel 9. You know, the, the, the channel's out of New York. Channel 9 was WOR out of New York. Channel 29 which was yes. 12 on my, on my old TV set. And they would play on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, broad daylight, you know, 2 p.m. matinee, they would play The Legend of Boggy Creek. They would also play Creature from Black Lake. And those are two great movies from the early mid-70s about Bigfoot and the dangers of Bigfoot. Watch out, he's out there. He's in the <laughs> woods outside your house. And if you're not careful, he's coming in. And so, uh, you know, I lived near the woods, you know, I had family who lived way out in the woods. And like, so you had like a mental, th this was engraved on young Johnny Elson's brain, yep. <laughs> you know, because he was watching stuff, probably his mom didn't want him to be watching because, you know, it was it, too scary. They watched it with me. My parents watched it with me. <laughs> there was supervision, uh, if not, uh, not any sort of. You know, it's encouragement. <laughs> I don't know. It was probably encouragement. I'm fine. Yeah. Watch the, watch the Bigfoot movie. Yeah. I was convinced that he was in this. I mean, I had swampland behind the house in Clarence where I grew up. My grandmother, you know, lived out in Elmira, New York, 50 acres of dense forest on a hill. Sure. Sure. My dad one, one time says, oh, I'm driving out to Elmira this weekend because I'm concerned because there's supposed to be a, a bear on the loose. In Elmira, uh, they've spotted a bear in the neighborhood. And I thought, is it a bear? Or is that just, <laughs> is that the cover story, you know? Sure. That, that's prime Bigfoot territory there. Sure is. Sure. <laughs> and in fact, so <laughs> I don't know what kind of, you know, entomology really was responsible for this, but uh, parallel to the, the street where, you know, my father grew up, Jerusalem Hill, Drot Hill Road on, on Jerusalem Hill. Parallel to that was a long, twisty forest road nothing but dense woods on either side called monkey run and i would as a kid i would say why monkey run and they would tell me well that's where the monkeys run now <laughs> you know i have no idea exactly what was going on there but of course the brain of a small child imagines real monkeys running monkeys of course ber going berserk in the woods and uh, that's a terrifying thought for a small child. <laughs> I bet. I just have to ask you another quick question because it's occurring to me while I'm talking to you. Did you build into your script? When I talk to people, because I've interviewed a lot of people on Zoom now, this is, this is the way it's, it's happened. Yeah. Sometimes it's all perfectly fine. Other times, if I sort of interrupt you, your voice goes, <laughs> it gets all garbled up. Even if I interject and, oh, yeah. It garbles up the next five words that the person says. And it's so hard to then edit that and make it fit. So does that, does that play into your, your Zoom play at all? At the, at the risk of a spoiler, you may see or hear uh, technical difficulties. There are technical difficulties. Right now, when you spoke, because I, your, the, your internet was just catching up to my garbled mess, I missed the first two words that you said. I can always repeat stuff. No, it's, 
Um, you know, I do want to say uh, one one thing, Peter. Mm -hmm. I had another interview about this show last week, and I was so, I guess, so lonely from quarantine, so desperate to talk to another human being, that uh, this poor interviewer who had like four very simple questions that could have been answered in one sentence each, I yeah. talked for 40 minutes. <laughs> I should mention, if this is interesting, though, that, um, you know, back in very quickly after after uh, this epidemic began, very quickly, the uh, American playwright Richard Nelson, uh, who's famous for writing the Apple family plays, uh, wrote, maybe not the first, but, you know, the major first salvo in, you know, the virtual theater of 2020 effort here, movement. And it was a play with uh, the, the great actor J.O. Sanders, who has been in many of his plays, sure. and four other great actors. And um, it was just four screens and just the people in those screens talking to each other. And it's an hour, and it's just a conversation like you and I are having, but hugely popular. <laughs> he had, I don't know, I heard him on the radio maybe two months ago. He said at that point he had like 700,000 views, um, wow. which is way more people than would ever see one of his plays in New York, right? Right. <laughs> At the public. So, you know, and that play was uh, very well done, but very simple. So he sort of broke the ground, but then watching that, and, you know, then I had some, uh, I, I run a summer theater program for kids every July. And this year we had to, of course, you know, just work online. Virtually, sure. Yeah, so that was, you know, a, an experiment <laughs> in real time, sort of trying to figure out what was possible. And, and once I, you know, I figured out what, the, what the, the basic stuff is that you could do and get away with, you know, as always, as you know way too well, you know, my goal is always then to go above and beyond and put stuff in the play that is going to make my interpreters work really hard. <laughs> so... Hopefully, you know, Bigfoot will deliver what the audience expects and then also deliver some surprises and show the audience some new things that maybe they didn't think would be possible. Well, John, do you think that the Zoom format will become, not forever, <laughs> but will become a lot more prevalent over the next, let's say, year or so? Will there be other playwrights writing for the Zoom format, do you suppose? In some regards, we are limited by just the nature of, you know, what this is and what this looks like and how it functions. But my best possible reply to you is I hope so. Did you like, were, were there certain things about it that you liked? You know, there were certain limitations, of course, but were there certain things about it that you, that you enjoyed? <laughs> yes, sure. I do think there are perks and benefits and upsides of this technology, but uh, bottom line, it's what we've got right now. Right. And I've been involved in some debates on social media where people have said, it's not theater. It's not, you know, forget it. Right. And, and from my perspective, I'm a theater artist, so I have to make theater. Right. So if this is what we've got right now, right. I'm doubling down on this. Clearly, Zoom presents a lot of problems. It's what we have. And as you said, it's necessity being the mother of, of invent desperation being the mother of invention. And that's why... Sure. We are where we are. It's great talking to you. And, oh, man, I really do want to do a, a real John Elston, you know, interview one of these days. And in the meantime, we'll just have to suffice that we're going to watch. We're all going to watch Bigfoot. Here's a quick question. Yeah. Why is it only two nights? That I, well. It's not your, it's not your issue. It's a <laughs> administrative. Yeah, I'm not sure. I said to Jake, it certainly makes it more special. Yeah. Because you have to be there yeah. to see it. And I'm sure it'll be recorded, maybe offered somewhere down the line years from now or whatever, uh, as Project was. Maybe it's just because it makes it a more special event. Well, my hope for this is that people all over the country, maybe all over the world, will eventually get to see this, if not on those two nights, someday. It was somebody else was telling me, who I can't remember who I was interviewing, but the fact that we're no longer limited by the local audience. Yeah. Anybody who is listening to this anywhere can watch this. Yeah. This, what we're doing right now, is certainly has put handcuffs on us, but it's also opened up the whole world to uh, 
to the writings of John Elston and others. Well, and let me tell you, uh, Scott is a very smart guy because he knows that Bigfoot has a much larger fan base than John Elston. <laughs> so yes. my hope is that Bigfoot will uh, For sure. really draw in the kids and uh, you know, everybody else. I hope so too. And as I said to Jake the other day, the only bad part about this is after I watch this on the second, I won't be able to sit down with you guys and just have a gab fest and a, and a beer or whatever and just talk. And, and that's what we're really missing. I miss those opening night parties, those receptions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I miss the opening night parties and the closing yeah. night parties. Every other night I ran home. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, John, thank you so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. I wish you the greatest amount of luck with this. I think it's going to be fabulous. I'm really excited about it. You have a good night, my friend. Thank you, Peter. And take care of yourself. I hope to see you soon. No, I have no idea how many there are going to be. Probably just enough to make me crazy. Or should I say crazier? And speaking of crazier, John Elston, great guy, enjoyed talking to him. And uh, did I seem like a big fanboy because I admire playwrights so much? Maybe a little bit. And did you guess who it was who was our mystery guest? Message from the bunker. Que dice Leon? Hey, everybody. Hey, Tony. That's Tony Alcacer with his dear wife, Kate LeConte, and their beautiful little boy, Santi, making a guest appearance. <coughs> Thank you, Santi. Yes, it was delightful meeting you, too. Of course I understand baby talk. And once more, I want to remind you, if you would like to send us a message from your bunker, I'd really love to hear from you. Tell us all how things are going with you. Record a little something on your iPhone or any other way you can record something. Nothing special, nothing elaborate, and send it to rltpoffroad at gmail. And perhaps you will be the next person to be a mystery guest. All right, it's time for me to give you all the information you need to know to see Bigfoot right in your own home, a live production. Live on Zoom, directed by John Hurley, written by John Elston. Bigfoot will be performed live at 8 p.m. on October 2nd and 9th. Go to roadlesstraveledproductions.org. All one word, roadlesstraveledproductions.org. Tickets are $15 a piece for this 35-minute production. You won't be sorry. Make sure you're there to join me virtually as we watch Bigfoot, another step forward in the world of virtual theater. Bigfoot, starring Jake Hayes, Robin and Peter Horn, Lisa Vitrano, and uh, maybe somebody else. So that's it for this episode of RLTP's Off-Road. Listen, in a couple of weeks, I've got a real treat for you. You won't want to miss it. Do these two names sound familiar to you? Rex and Kevin? Yes, that's right. The Matinee Boys will be here for an interview about how things are going with their new reopening during the COVID times. They are the owners and operators of the Theater Bar in Buffalo, the number one hangout matinee bar. We'll also have a brief interview with Saul Elkin and Jordana Halpern from the JRT to find out what's going on over there at the Jewish Repertory Theater. So join us in a couple of weeks here on our LTP's Off-Road with me, Pete Pomisano. Pete Pomisano.